This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello everyone and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Matt. Today's game will be pitting the team of uh, Benchwarmer Mason with guest Tim Gebbing versus the Benchwarmer team of Scott and JJ. Tim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us what uh, teams and sports are in your wheelhouse. And then after that, Mason, you can tell us what your team name is. Hi, guys. My name is Tim Gebbing. I, I'm from Springfield, Illinois. I'm a huge Chicago fan. Uh, anybody but the White Sox is good with me. Uh, Bulls, Cubbies. Just got three kids. I chase them around all the time. Having fun. Just got done coaching some baseball. Had a little uh, bottom of six comeback. Win the game, which is fun for the kids. Uh, kids enjoyed it. And that's what it's about, you know. They uh, just had a lot of fun and had weren't able to, you know, shake our hats now because of the whole COVID thing. Can't really shake hands. But the other team was really nice and, you know, enjoyed it too as well. I mean, it's nice to be on our side of the comeback, but they, they, were, they were pretty stoked for our kids too. So pretty fun. Mason? Yeah, so uh, our team was inspired by a quote in the background of Tim, Tim's uh, house before we started the game. So uh, our team name is We Got Pizza Rolls. <laughs> Life's good. All right. <laughs> All right, we got pizza rolls. I love it. I mean, is there anything better than a kid than looking in the freezer and all of a sudden seeing a big old bag of pizza rolls? I'm 43 and I still love it. So, sheesh, right? All right, cool. Then over on the other side, we got the bench warmer team of Scott and JJ. Guys, why don't you say, hey, start with Scott and tell us what your team name is. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, Tim, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. This is going to be a, a good time. Uh, Mason, pleasure as always. It's nice to see uh, that you're not in the gym, which is uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in my normal place. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good episode. I um all day I've been contemplating whether or not I want to purchase NHL 20 for the PS4 um, because I need to improve my hockey knowledge. And I feel like the best way to do that is to buy the game and just run like a bunch of franchises and get to know a bunch of players. So hopefully that uh, you'll kind of see the fruits of that labor in like six months, maybe if I start getting hockey. Coins, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty much it for me. Uh, what's up with you, JJ? What's up? Um, I think you can count that as a business expense, right? Once we, uh, yeah, once we get going, you just, Call it a business expense and so tax write off. Yeah, exactly. Right now. <laughs> uh, I was not prepared for this. I didn't study at all, especially knowing that Matt uh, wrote this game. <laughs> I'm a little scared. So we just switched my two year old from a crib to a bed. And so um, we're very anxious about uh, how this is going to go. But uh, yeah, our team name is Pitch Perfect. Is there a story behind that? I don't know, dude. I just hopped in the chat and Scott said, Hey, this is our team name. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a mutual TV show that we like. Super random. There's nothing behind it. Pitch Perfect. No, it's just the show Pitch, but it's a perfect show. So, oh, it's perfect. I thought you were talking. about Wasn't the movies like that? Those, those Anna Kendrick movies. I mean, those are those. Yeah, those are fine. Those are fantastic. The one had the Green Bay Packers in it. I mean, come on. Yeah, I didn't like that one as much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, well, welcome to the bench, folks. Now on to the rules. We'll be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play with a different style of trivia in each one. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I'll explain them when as we go along. 
Like any good sport, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who is today's clipboard captain to be honored with the true benchwarmers that they are. Let's get this game underway. It is time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions with worth 10 points apiece. Question one. In 1994, this pitcher, known better for fighting a coach, was in the eighth inning of a perfect game and hit Reggie Saunders of the Reds starting a melee and costing him his perfecto. The next batter got a hit, which ruined his no-hitter also. You good to check in with that, JJ? Yeah, we can check in. All right, Pitch Perfect is going to go ahead and check in. Pizza Rules, chat it out. Well, um, he said fought a, fought a coach, so yeah, that makes so. you think Pedro and Zimmer. I think Pedro would have been with an expo at that point in time in his career. I mean, that, that was my thought. Yeah, that came to mind. I was thinking of pitchers that got into famous fights that came to mind, I feel like. Because this is before interleague, so it had to be another, it has to be another National League pitcher. Right. Because he's pitching the Reds. So Yeah. I'm I think that that's probably a good guess. I'm good with that. Okay. Let's go, Pedro. All right. The uh pizza roll guys are checking in with Pedro Martinez. Uh Pitch Perfect, what do you guys got? We also checked in with uh Pedro Martinez going off of the better known for fighting a coach. So we checked in with Pedro as well. That's right. Both teams uh getting points here, Pedro Martinez. In 1995, Pedro had another perfect game that was broken up in the 10th inning on the road with a 1-0 lead. So poor Pedro never got his perfect game. Question two. The 2007 New England Patriots lost their bid for perfection to the New York Giants in the Super Bowl, but they started their season on a very different note. What incident took place in the beginning of 2007 that would affect the Patriots down the road? I think we can check in. All right. Pitch Perfect has checked in. Pizza rolls, go ahead and talk it out. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was Spygate. I knew that was around the time that. Yeah, and I know that was about, I think that was one of their first Super Bowls. It must have been when they handed down the punishment. That's the only thing I could think of, too. I mean, they didn't lose until they got there. And, I mean, they didn't lose anybody important as far as, you know, Freddie didn't get hurt or Gronk didn't get hurt or what have you. So, yeah, we'll check in with Spygate. All right, pizza rolls, checking in with Spygate. What do you guys uh, have over Pitch Perfect? We also said Spygate. All right, both teams getting points here. Uh, Bilicek uh, was fined half his season's, half that year's salary, and the team was fined a first-round draft pick for Spygate, the videotaping of the Jets' practice. Question number three, Jim Joyce sucks. In 2010, he robbed this Detroit Tigers pitcher of a perfect game by calling Jason Donald safe at first when he was clearly out. On behalf of JJ, uh, we'll check in. <laughs> All right. Pitch Perfect just checked in. Pizza Rolls. It's a lesser known Galarraga, I believe, right? Yeah, that'd be a good old Armando Galarraga. I remember watching uh, the highlights of it when I was younger, and I was just shocked by how bad of a call it was. And granted, I mean, there was no replay at the time, so he couldn't go back and change it. But, yeah, it was. I think, to be fair, some of the uh, – calls i saw tonight i think jim joyce was calling the game i was coaching tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll check in with uh armando or galarraga all right the pizza roll fellas are gonna check in with armando galarraga pitch perfect guys what do you guys got yeah we also said uh armando galarraga still uh have nightmares from that watching that uh jim joyce and his handlebar mustache looking thing 
Yep, that's right. Armando Galarraga is the correct answer. Jim Joyce uh, umpired for 30 years in the majors, and he has said that that call haunts him to this day. Him and the Tigers and pretty much everyone in baseball that's not named Rob Manford has said that they should reverse that call even 10 years later and make that a perfect game. But I could see the precedents and changing and what do you change things in the past? And either way, Rob, Rob Manford sucks more than Jim Joyce, but either way. So, all right, gentlemen, good first game there in tailgating, getting everyone warmed. Everyone got 30 points. Fantastic. We'll head into the first quarter where our score is 30 to 30. And today's first quarter will be the Dean's list for this round. There will be three top 10 lists where the teams will go back and forth, guessing items on the list. If a team guesses incorrectly at any point in the list, the other team can attempt to finish the list out. Each team is allowed one mulligan to be used after an incorrect guess. Each item is worth 10 points. And we'll start off our Dean's list with number one, and that is, the top 10 most popular sports worldwide as of June 2020 per, not ranker.com, but sportsshow.net. Very official. That's a thing? Like sports, that's a. <laughs> sportsshow.net. Yeah, it's just the list of the, they used a bunch of metrics and um, the criteria that they used here, I'll, I'll list it out is global fan base and audience, viewership on TV, TV rights deals, popularity on the internet, presence on social media, number of professional leagues in the world, average salary of athletes in the top leagues, sponsorship deals, number of countries in which the sport is popular, biggest competition, relevancy throughout the year, gender equity, you know, there's a bunch of things here. So, but you get the idea here. These are, trust me, when I say, Others have looked at this list. There's nothing out of the ordinary here. This is pretty standard. So again, it is the top 10 most popular sports worldwide. And because I love pizza rolls, we will start off with, uh, we got pizza rolls for number one on this list. Mason, soccer. I mean, it seems like a number one with the bullseye. Yeah, I I can't imagine it not being there. So Right. Let's go soccer. Check it with soccer. Yep. Soccer is number one on the list. Pitch perfect. You're up. Uh, we're going to go ahead and say basketball. Basketball is number three on the list. Pizza rolls. What do you think there, Mason? I think the one you just sent was fine. I completely glossed over that, and I don't know why I did, but yeah, that's... All right. How about uh, baseball? Uh, baseball is number eight on the list. Whoa, didn't expect that. Pitch perfect. We'll go ahead and say tennis. Tennis is number five on the list. Back to pizza rolls. What do you think about cricket, Mason? That I'm good with that one. That of the of the ones that we had, I think that one's gonna be highest on there. So awesome. We'll check it with cricket. Cricket is number two on the list. So we get after, points for getting the first and second, right? There you go. Yep. So after five, we have spot number four, six, seven. And then there are two teams tied for, you know, nine slash 10. Scott appears very confident in his next answer. We are awaiting Scott's answer. Scott, what do you have? I'm not, I'm not sure where that comes from. <laughs> I don't know if, if, if that's how it's coming off. We, uh, we're going to go with rugby. Rugby is one of the 
tied for ninth slash 10. So, yep, that is on there. So there we go. We'll go back to pizza rolls. This is tough. I mean, obviously, there's still, you know, four on the list. It's still going to be something pretty high up there, bud. I know. And it's, it, you know, it's something that we're just not thinking of, obviously. And it's not, we, we what about this? I, I tend to think that that's pretty popular worldwide. So even though it might not be necessarily a super popular sport everywhere, it's pretty predominant in some areas. So, all right, yeah, because there's people from all over the world that play the sport. And so let's go, we're gonna go with golf. We'll check in with golf. Golf is number eleven on the list. Oh. So the question is, do you want to use your mulligan now or wait to use what? it later? Yeah, I think I, I'm not feeling good about what we have left. So I I agree. We were. Uh, that was pretty rough. So let's let's we'll, we'll we'll wait. All right, we got pizza rules is bowing out of their mulligan. That means we have one, two, three, four slots left for pitch perfect to go ahead and take a stab at JJ and Scott. Go for it. We're going back and forth on different sports listed here. I don't necessarily feel great about any of them, honestly, especially since I thought golf would be on the list. Yeah, I mean it's number eleven, so it's close enough. I just can't see. I don't know if I see many, like many of these we have listed more popular worldwide than golf, you know? Because something you can play in, you know, most places. Um, can't play in Antarctica. You'd be surprised. I mean, you can play indoor, I'm sure. <laughs> Mini golf counts, right? Do you think field hockey is popular everywhere or anywhere? I mean, yeah, in middle schools. I don't know. I mean, that could be like a European thing. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with going with anything that we listed or hockey Again, I, I mean, volleyball is not – I don't think that's a bad guess. Yeah. The only reason I think volleyball is, like I said, the because uh, you got, like, beaches and, you know, indoor. And I'm pretty sure they're different uh, team sizes and stuff, you know. Yeah. What about – I don't feel good about, like, gymnastics. Something you can yeah. pretty much do anywhere. Most countries have a gymnastics team in the Olympics. You know, so it's it's done pretty much worldwide. You can do it indoors. It's, you know, weather-resistant. I would say I would say between gymnastics and volleyball. All right, you pick, man. It doesn't matter to me. Feel great about any of these, so. All right, so normally what I do, especially starting out the game, is go with uh, your pick, <laughs> but that really hasn't done me well. So it hasn't done me well uh, either. <laughs> uh, so we'll go with the. Uh, let's try volleyball. Volleyball is number six on the list. All right, your new strategy is working. I like it. <laughs> Um, all right, so what numbers What numbers are left? Uh, we have number four, number seven, and the sport tied for ninth. Football can't be on there, right? I wouldn't think so. Because I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's the only big four that I don't think we talked about. So I just right. want to make sure. Yeah, so I mean, we've got that. hockey, we've got swimming, we've got gymnastics, we've got some sort of combat sport. I'm okay with any of those. Whatever you feel most confident with. You want to go with, a, with gymnastics there? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go with gymnastics. All right, gymnastics is number 22 on the list. Ooh. So uh, the ones that you guys missed. Uh, we don't want to use our mulligan. Oh, Thanks. sorry, yep. You do not want Jerk. to use your mulligan. Can I guess one? Because I know it's your, you're hosting that, so I'm guessing highlights in there, right? That was huge <laughs> in the 70s. <laughs> no, highlights not on the list, no. Oh, it's not? Oh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but the items that pretty much everything on the near the top of the of the list here are ones that you guys already covered. Uh, yes, hockey is on the list, but field hockey is number four. 
And if you said hockey, I would have asked you to be more specific. So, yeah. Number seven is table tennis. Number nine, one mention that you guys didn't go with is American football. So Pizza Rolls got three on that one and Pitch Perfect got four. So we'll move over to number two for the Dean's List round. The second Dean's List that we're working on tonight is the top 10 career stolen base leaders in Major League Baseball. And since the pizza roll guys started off first, we'll go ahead and give that over to Pitch Perfect to start off. We'll uh, go with Ricky Henderson. Yep, Mr. Henderson is number one on the list. Over to Pizza Rolls. Mason, uh, Willie Mays Hayes, he's got gloves. I mean, he's got a different pair for every stolen base he's going to take. Between that and the push-ups that he takes whenever he's hitting a pop fly. How about uh, Lou Brock? Lou Brock is number two on the list. Over to Pitch Perfect. Tigers, uh, Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb is number four on the list. Back over to Pizza Rolls. I mean, if you're willing to go with that name, I think he's there. I'm not 100, but I know he's he had a lot back then. But I, you have someone that's better than mine. I'm good with it. Let's do it. Have at it. All right. We will go with Billy Hamilton. All right. Billy Hamilton is number three on the list with a 914 stolen bases. Pitch perfect. Back to you guys. We, uh, we're going to go with Tim Raines. Mr. Tim Raines, yep. Number five on the list with 808. You guys just going right about, right down the list here. So we will move over to Pizza Rolls. So we're talking about two different people here. I don't recognize the last one you sent. That name just doesn't seem familiar to me. I mean, he could be I there. I just I don't recall that particular. This guy, I think we go with that first one we said. And Matt's going to know him uh, just because watching those twins in the 87. Uh, how about Vince Coleman? You guys are going with Vince Coleman? He's number six on the list. Yep, with 752 stolen bases. So that means we have, we're going right down the line. We have seven, eight, nine, and 10 left. We're back over to Pitch Perfect. Uh, yeah, Vince Coleman was the next one that we had teed up here. So it throws a wrench. Thanks a lot. I, I feel good about the one that I keep saying. Yeah, go ahead. We, uh, we're going to go with Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton is number 15 on the list. So do you want to use your mulligan? I'm not confident enough in my. Yeah, I we probably shouldn't. Okay, we'll go over to the pizza rule, fellas. You got number seven, eight, nine, and ten left, and you can talk it out. This is tough because you think of guys that have played forever, but then at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because by the time they get later in their career, you know they're not stealing any more bases. So I thought of Ozzy Smith as another Cardinal. I mean, that's all those Cardinals did was steal bases and play small ball. Another name I threw out there was Marquise Grissom. Was another one that I thought would be. I mean, he played forever. He let leadoff guy, and then Ernie Banks just as a Cub guy. That's me. That's just my. That was my thought. What do you? What 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 names do you got? What do you think? I I'm trying to dig back to some older names. I've been trying to think of some just players that played back in the day. I was trying to think. There's there's some guy I just can't. I can't even tell you what team he's on, but I know it's like an old guy, like 1910s, 1920s. I was stealing a lot. Billy Hamilton was like the 1890s, so it was after that. But I'm trying to think of anybody that played a really long time that might have started out really prolific and then, you know, just kind of collect them toward the end. But right, I think Ozzie Smith is a – All right. 
let's go with it. I mean, he batted number like he. I mean, he was at the top of the lineup. I mean, he was always on there, and they had no power. So, I mean, other than a couple guys like Jack Clark and what have you. So, all right, let's. You want to check in with Ozzy Smith? Yeah, we can check in with that. Ozzy Smith uh, is not on my top twenty. I don't know where Ozzy Smith finished. So, do you want to use your mulligan? I don't think so. If we missed that badly, yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much the rest of the list here that I can see. There's a few names I know. Otherwise, the majority of these guys were playing in the Black Sox era way back so in the you, day. So you do know them, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I do. There are some names on here that you will recognize. We'll go through some of these here. Number seven, of course, everyone knows Arlie Latham, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, number eight, Eddie Collins. Uh, I believe Eddie Collins was on the Black Sox, wasn't he? Number nine, Max Carey, I think also was a Black Sox guy. Number 10, Hannes Wagner. We'll move on to Dean's List number three. And this, my friends, is by far my all-time favorite Dean's List. This Dean's List is the top 10 quarterbacks ranked by the number of games they started that at some point in their career have backed up Brett Favre. So based off of the number of games that they started themselves, NFL quarterbacks who at some time had backed up Brett Favre. And uh, I will say that on the list here, it doesn't have to be a person who was the backup within a game. They backed up and they're known historically as being a Brett Favre backup. All right, so we started off with Pitch Perfect in that last one. We'll start with Pizza Rules again here for the third Dean's List. I mean, I think we should go with the first one that we both said at the same time. That's sh- of course. There's no more. It has to be number one. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has to be number one. There's no question. Aaron Rodgers. We'll check in with Aaron Rodgers. With 174 games, Aaron Rodgers is number one. Pitch Perfect, over to you guys. All right, we're going to go with Matt Hasselbeck. With 160 games, Matt Hasselbeck is number two on the list. Back to pizza rolls. Uh, Matt, you're making my brain hurt. Stop. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm digging deep for some of these. I know, right? There's some that are right on top, guys. I mean, we could go with the we could go with this one just because I think he might have enough to get on the top ten. But I don't think so though, because he didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> Uh, a lot of them didn't. I, I know. I just wish we knew. I kind of wish somebody would just say number 10 just to give us an idea of how, what that, what the lowest threshold is. Yeah, that's the thing. Because, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, the first ones are over 100, but, like, number 10 could be, like, 10 or Four. 7. Right. Uh, totally. Yeah. All right. I think we go with the one you sent one of the first times. I think so. I, 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 I Just for a lack of I, – I, I think so. I think he – I mean, he played out in – Seattle for, you know, I think he had a handful at least. Okay. So let's go with that. We're going to check in with Seneca Wallace. Seneca Wallace. Um, not even on my list. Yeah, that's probably right. Well, we're going to yeah, use our You know Mulligan. what? I don't even think Seneca Wallace backed up Favre. Well, we're going to use our Mulgan because we want to. Not because <laughs> Seneca, we have another good Seneca name, Wallace but because we up, want uh, to. Seneca Wallace backed up Aaron Rodgers for a year. But he didn't. I don't think he ever backed up Favre. So see, yeah, that was a- you don't have to rub it in, Matt. I get it. <laughs> okay, so you guys are going to use your mulligan. Yeah, we know uh, we have no clue on this question, but we're going to use the mulligan anyway. <laughs> go ahead, yeah. go for it. Whew. All right, all right. Well, you go right ahead, Mason. Have at it. Well, I know the first name, and I'm going to try to do the last name. 
Um, <laughs> it's going to be Don Madrigalski, something like that. It's, <laughs> I'm I, something close to that. With uh, 57 starts, Don Makowski is number six on the list. Over to the pitch perfect fellas. We'll go with uh, Mark Brunel. With 151 starts in the NFL in 1994, Mark Brunel backed up Brett Favre. Back over to Pizza Rolls. He's actually been a clipboard captain that I've given out. We'll go with uh, Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn is on the list at number 16. Yeah, that's about right. Matt Flynn had that fantastic game that I was actually at where he threw for like 7,000 yards and 700 touchdowns and got himself a nice big fat contract with the Seattle Seahawks and then rode the pine behind Russell Wilson. So, yeah. So, pizza rule, guys, you are out of mulligans and everything so we'll go over to the pitch perfect fellas who can talk it out mason's really going to beat himself up over that one yeah i think you being a, a noah boy should go ahead and, and say this yeah. the quarterback before the greatest ever drew Brees. uh we're gonna go with uh, aaron brooks with 90 starts in the nfl aaron brooks packed backed up brett Favre in 1999 one of my all-time favorite Favre backups you can keep him no, I liked him. He was just a good guy. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure he was, but yeah, he wasn't the greatest quarterback. No, he was serviceable for you guys for like four years. He got you about five, six wins a year. Tangent, unnecessary tangent. I five did. years. <laughs> Stop it. Find, find 15 yards. So, okay. Um, back to the basics here. I thought maybe Mark Bolger at some point was a backup on Green Bay. I think they like signed him. After he was drafted, 51 spots before Tom Brady, of course, in the 2000 NFL draft. That's for Eric. I'm trying to think of who else. Do we don't have any other names on here? Uh, Michael Vick, you, you brought up. Yeah. I, don't, I know it's close. I'm not sure. Yeah. That, when did Favre retire? Uh, about 500 times. <laughs> that's true. And then he kept coming back. Yeah, which time? Yeah, right. Um, it was like it was like 2009, 2010. So, yeah, the draft the Jets drafted the Sanchez in 2009. I'm just thinking guys that were perennial backups. I'm trying to think of like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like Charlie Batch, did he ever back up? He started a lot for the Steelers and the Lions. I can't. I feel like maybe he backed up Favre. I know uh, Tavares Jackson backed him out for a little bit. I know that. That was before it was up. That was before Joe Webb, right? Because Joe Webb was definitely. I think that was. Was that when he was with the. Uh, the Vikings. With the Vikings, yeah. All right, let's go with uh, Tavares Jackson. With 34 career starts, Tavares Jackson is number nine on the list. Okay. So that's 34. For some reason, I'm starting to lean towards Charlie Batch. I feel like at some point he made a stop in Green Bay. He would definitely have more starts than Tavares Jackson. Let's just do it. Again, that's like just completely out of left field. I'm just naming a guy that like backed up a bunch of people. Okay. Let's uh let's check it in. All right, we're gonna go with Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch, who started off his career in Detroit, wrapped his career up in Pittsburgh and only played for the two franchises. Wow, really? Never played underneath Favre. So nope. I assume you guys want to use your mulligan. 
Yeah. So you were back on the clock. I mean, Tim's shaking his head no, but I feel like <laughs> you guys don't want to use your mulligan. Oh, okay. And then the Dean's list is over. He's he's <laughs> offering me pizza rolls to not take the mulligan, but <laughs> we would have sounded a lot smarter if we did not go with the mulligan. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. If there's any suspicion about us cheating, saying Seneca Wallace clearly shows we aren't. Our Google skills suck, especially with this and the stealing. Yeah, we're not good. JJ, you uh, you've been on a roll. You've been on fire so far with your answers tonight. So whatever you feel good with, like if you feel good about Vic, then go for it. If you feel good about Doug Peterson, go for it. I say we go Doug Peterson. See what we got. Let's uh, check in with Doug Peterson. With 17 career starts, Doug Peterson is number 12 on the list. Okay, so there are some names on here that I think you guys will know very well. This gentleman, after he decided to stop uh, stocking at the grocery store in Iowa, actually spent a almost a full year with the Packers, and that is Kurt Warner. Started 116 games in the NFL, and I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, his his name like popped in my head, and I was like, no, I don't, I don't remember that. And then he backed uh, Favre up in 1994 along with Mark Brunel. 1995 and 1996 saw this Hall of Fame quarterback who has a super, two Super Bowl victories uh, with 97 starts uh, back him up. And Mr. Tim, that is Jim McMahon. Doesn't count. He didn't sing with him. So it doesn't count. <laughs> then with uh, 42 career starts in 1997, Steve Bono backed up uh, Favre. Then you got Tavares Jackson. Number 10 is Ty Detmer with 25 career starts backed up Favre in 93 and 95. So after the first quarter's Dean list, the scores going into the second quarter are pitch perfect with 140. And we got pizza rolls with 110. We'll go into today's second quarter, which will be everyone's favorite pre and post game. For this round, there will be five before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one. What NBA journeyman forward, who was overshadowed by his twin brother, was also a standout at Duke on his way to a 20-year NBA career? We can check in. Pritch Perfect is checked in. Pizza rolls. You guys can talk it out. I knew the famous one. I was trying to remember it because we talked about him on a previous podcast, I think, talking about which one was uh, older. All right. But uh, Let's go ahead and check in with that then. Yeah, we'll check in with... Uh, V Harvey is the one that's the overshadowed of the two then. So yeah, it would be a Harvey Grant Hill. Pizza rolls are checking in with Harvey Grant Hill. What do you guys have? Pitch perfect. Uh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Harvey Grant overshadowed shadowed by Horace and uh then my all time uh, favorite NBA player. So it's uh Harvey Grant Hill. Both teams getting points. Harvey Grant Hill. Question two. What five-time NFL Pro Bowler and two-time All-Pro tight end was also drafted number one overall in 2017 by the San Antonio Stars? We can check in. All right. Pitch Perfect is checking in. 
pizza roll, you can talk it out. I don't know anything about the the stars really. So that right, but what do you got on the first pass? You got anything on the first half? Five time Pro Bowl or two time All Pro. So I'm thinking Travis Kelsey, you know George Kittle, Zach Ertz. I mean, but he didn't have a date either, so it, could, it might not have to be a recent. Right. I'm trying to think of stars of the time. No pun intended. I'm trying to think of players that were drafted, you know, college basketball stars that would have been Brittany Griner. She wouldn't have, that was the, she was drafted by another team. Right. Um, Elena Deladon. I think she was another. Yeah, but that was, right. I'm trying, I'm just trying to think of people that were good at the time. I don't, dude, I'm sorry, man. I got to tap. I don't know. I, I just can't even think of, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't even have know. a name for either one of them. That's the thing. Cause the first one doesn't have any kind of time context. And the second one, I don't, I, I can't even name a WNBA player that plays on that team. Just pick a tight end. We'll make a women's name out of it. Um, well, well, the thing is, is that's the other thing is I'm trying to think of a tight end that actually has a last name that could actually be a first name. I mean, Kelsey is actually probably your best bet. Okay. So like, Travis, I like Kelsey just because. Like Travis Kelsey-era something? Sure. Travis Kelsey-era Smith. I don't Let's move on. I mean, we don't got it. Let's go with so, yeah. I don't even, yeah, that's better than nothing. So, Travis Kelsey-era Smith. All right. Pizza Rolls are checking in with Travis Kelsey-era Smith. And what are you guys checking in with? Pitch Perfect. Knew this one pretty quickly. One of my favorite uh, WNBA players, actually. I actually know more about the WNBA than I do hockey. And I admit that, and I have no shame. Uh, no shame. It's Travis Kelsey Plum. Uh, that is correct. It is Travis Kelsey Plum. Moving on to number question number three. The Canadian MMA fighter that holds the UFC record for most consecutive title defenses in the welterweight division who was drafted number one overall in the 1987 NHL draft by the Buffalo Sabres playing in over 1,200 games and scoring 515 goals. Do you guys want me to lock in? Cause I can lock in. Or I'm sorry. Check in. Yeah, go for it. You got it. Yep. Tim, you guys are checked in. You can talk it out then uh, pitch perfect. All right. Yeah. So we got the fighter. So George St. Pierre. Then yeah, so it's Pierre something. It's hockey. It's not WNBA. So I'm I'm useless here. You and I both, bro. Um. I mean. So it's going to be like a '90s hockey player. I mean, drafted in '87. So the Sabers. What about like Pierre Francois? That sounds cool, right? <laughs> it does. You want to go with that? Let's do it. All right, we're gonna check in with. Uh, he has a a nice little mustache in my head. It's because it's not real. It's Pierre Francois. George Saint Pierre Francois. There we go. George Saint Pierre Francois. Pitch Perfect is checking in with that. And pizza rolls. What do you guys got? Well, Scott, I agree with you. I got the name from like NHL '94. Uh, he was the center, I believe. I mean, I'm going to say this and I could be wrong, but I think he played with McGillney. I think it's George St. Pierre Turgeron. One team getting points. It is George St. Pierre Turgeon. Question four. What NBA big man started his career with the Harlem Globetrotters on his way to two NBA championships, four MVPs, 
and 20,000 female friends. And he was also a starting quarterback for the Oilers and Packers from 1971 to 1985. Mason, you want to check in with that? Yeah, that's the, the only thing I got for that. So we'll go ahead and check in. All right, pizza rules are checked in. Pitch perfect. You guys can go ahead and talk it out. JJ, that's uh, that's too late. Yeah, Bart Star was Bart Star. Yeah, he said seventy-one to eighty-five. Yeah, I mean, I I should know this, this by the big man, four-time MVP. I don't know what that that female friend. Yeah, that's what I'm thing means. Like that's not ringing a bell with me for some reason. But there aren't a lot of four-time MVPs. I and it started his career with the Globetrotters. Like I, that doesn't ring a bell for me either. I was thinking like Daryl Dawkins, Chocolate Thunder, but I don't think there's a QB with like. I mean, unless there's a QB whose name is like Kinsey, is it Daryl Dawkinsy Stevens or something? You know what I mean? Like I, I can't. So I like this one. I can't attack this one from either direction. Yeah, it's tough. I, it's like it's like Travis Kelsey Plum for them. Like I, I can't. There's I, I don't even. So like, okay, four-time big man. Yeah. MVP. Right. So it's like Bill Russell. Wilt was Wilt a four-time? Oh yeah, it is Wilt. It's definitely Wilt because he played for the Globetrotters. That's right. Okay. I, okay. So Wilt Chamberlain. Nerd Skinnerd. Nice. <laughs> Lynn. Uh, oh, I'm just trying. To- Freebird. <laughs> <laughs> We could have played oh Freebird goodness. while they were thinking about the answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. You guys had some there too, Mason. So you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. In this game, we will not stay. Lynn Sanity. Lynn Sanity. Well, I, I, is it like Linford? Lynn? Lin, I bet you would Lin be like Manuel Miranda. I got it. Matt loves Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> You're not throwing away your shot, buddy. That's for sure. Mm. Good one. Was Lynn Dickey a quarterback? Or is he just I, a funny name that I'm thinking of? I've never heard that name in my life. I don't. <laughs> he could be a quarterback. I have no idea. Let's just go with your Hamilton, buddy. Uh, I forgot. Oh, Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> I don't even. I, what's his name? Go ahead, Wilt Scott. Lock it in. Lynn Manuel Miranda. There you go. Is that what you're going that, with? Yes. Okay. All right. The perfect, perfect checking in with Pitt. <laughs> Will Chamberlain, Manuel Miranda. All right, um, pizza rolls. What do you guys got? Mason, go ahead, buddy. You had it all. Yeah, um, I knew the first part for sure. The exploits kind of helped out a little bit. The first part's definitely Wilt Chamberlain. Um, and I think Matt has referenced this person, and you almost stumbled upon it. You almost backed your way into the right answer. Um, we checked in with Wilt Chamberlain Dickey. One team getting points. The answer is Wilt Chim- Chamberlain Dickey. That's right. You guys had Lynn Dickey sitting right there, Scott and JJ. Lynn Dickey, actually the original number 12 on the Packers, was a pretty solid quarterback for about 8 to 10 years or so in the late 70s and early 80s. So I know all of you are going to say, it was before I was born. But you know what? Sports happen before you're born, so shut it. I wasn't going to say that. Hey, when he, when he hung him up, I was four, so we're good. There you go. I'm in there. Question number five. What generally accepted name for the big four events in tennis and golf also played tight end for the Green Bay Packers from 2008 to 2013? We'll go ahead and check in. All right, Pitch Perfect has checked in. Go ahead and talk it out. Pizza rolls. 
I mean, the first part got to be Grand Slam, right? Right. And I'm trying to rack my head of tight ends that played. Is there a guy like my friend like Ding Dong, like Grand Slam a Ding Dong? <laughs> um, yeah, he was probably a pretty prolific tight end for those teams. I don't even know where you start with that name, though. Yeah, it could be, I mean, Slam Am or Lamb. I don't, the only tight end I can name around at times is Jermichael Finley, but I don't, maybe it was a backup. 2013. I mean, that's a decently long time. Well, right. I mean, Rogers, you you think he used him. Right. And he had to be big in that Super Bowl because Rogers won it in 2010. Yeah. So I can't even name the, like I said, Jermichael Finley, I think was their starting tight end, but I mean, maybe they had someone else. Oh, eight to 13. That is a good grip of years. I mean, so the only tight end I can name in that time is Jermichael Finley. And I, I mean, obviously that doesn't fit, but. Just so I'm not, I'm hearing this correctly. What we call, what they call the four majors in golf and tennis, correct? That's what the first part of that is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it doesn't have another name that I can think of. I got nothing, man. Other than like grand slam uh, Michael Finley. <laughs> Yeah, I I can't even think of there's I mean I I could maybe think about it and get it, but I don't I don't even know it doesn't like the tight ends I can remember playing for Green Bay just don't fit that in general. Let's come up with a name that fits that. Um, there's there's a famous author author in the 1800s, Ambrose Bierce. Uh, he wrote a couple of really good books back in the day. So, uh, Grand Slam Bro Spears is what we're checking with. I got nothing. Uh, Pizza Rolls is, is checking in with uh, something that I don't know about. So, uh, sure. Then uh, one thing before you guys check in there, Scott. No, I'm not going to give the answer. I'm just going to say you used a word when you guys were talking about it that I specifically did not They'll, use they'll figure it out when I give my correct so answer. Go ahead, Scott, and tell us what you guys have for an answer. Yeah, so the only tight end I could think of from that time, one of my favorite tight ends, was uh, Jermichael Finley. So at first I'm kicking around Grand Slam, I'm kicking around Open, and then I'm like, oh, they're called Majors. So we checked in with Major Michael Finley. That is right. Major Michael Finley is the answer. Uh, The way I worded it, just so you know, Tim and Mason, was what generally accepted name for the big four events in tennis and golf? Heading into halftime, we have a score of Pitch Perfect with 200 points, and we got Pizza Rolls with 170. Both teams got 60 points in that quarter, so the score difference didn't change much, and we're heading into our halftime. Our halftime show are five entertainment questions that pertain to sports. Each question is worth 20 points. We'll start off with question number one. Terry Crews is famous for dozens of acting and entertainment-related activities, but he was also a successful football player, being drafted by the Rams and spending five years in and out of different NFL franchises. But in college, he was a Bronco, playing for what Mid-American Conference school? We can check in. Pitch Perfect is checking in. Go ahead, Pizza Rolls. Chat it out. So the name he threw out, was Boise State, but they're not Mac. That I, I think they're Whack, and they were Mountain West, maybe or some moved somewhere. 
Yeah, I was just thinking because it was such a long time ago that maybe they were yeah. into there. That I mean, Mid America, we're talking about like the Midwest area, like oh yeah, Creighton, Wichita State. I mean, yeah. those guys, right? Yeah, probably as farthest going to like maybe Ohio or something at the at the furthest the Mac goes because I think Miami of Ohio is in the Mac maybe. I'm even going off Bronco. I mean, the Broncos—that's a pretty unique name. Oh, wait a minute. Let me. I'm trying to remember. It's the one that the Mich- the Minnesota football coach came from there because they were the ones. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I can see the logo and I can't. Oh, it's um, it's Western Michigan. I just I was going through when I said Northern Illinois. I started going through directional schools because there's Eastern Michigan and there's like all those. I'm pretty. I think it's Western Michigan is the Broncos and I've seen the logo and I think. Say no more, my friend. You're good. Let's do it. Okay, we'll check in with uh, Western Michigan. All right, pizza rolls are checked in with Western Michigan. Pitch Perfect, what do you guys got? Yeah, we went off the Broncos. Uh, first one we thought was Boise State. We said, nope, that's not a, an American. So we decided to uh, settle on Western Michigan. Uh, both teams getting points here. The answer is Western Michigan. In 1988, Cruz was an all-conference was all-conference at defensive end, and the Broncos won the conference that season. Well done, Mason. Thanks for carrying me. Yeah, those directional schools in Michigan. There's a Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, Southern Michigan. Moving on to question number two, this actor may be more known for his Fast and Furious roles but he also spent 12 years as a member of the British National Swimming Squad as a diver competing in the 10, 3, and 1-meter competitions. All right, we'll check in. We'll, we'll just take that one, yeah. All right, the pizza rolls are checked in. Pitch Perfect, you can talk it out. All right, JJ. So I feel pretty confident saying that it's not Tyrese. My initial guess is Jason Statham. Sounds great. He's in those movies, and I'm pretty sure he's British. I just feel like it's Jason Statham because he didn't get into acting until he was a little bit older, which would have given him the time to compete in swimming for 12 years. All right. Let's see, Les. Let's do it. All right. So we'll go ahead and check in with uh, Jason Statham. Okay. Pizza rolls. What are you guys checking in with? Uh, yeah, that's what we said, too. It was, uh, we knew it wasn't going to be Vin Diesel because we figured he'd just sink like a rock. And so we went with Jason Statham. That's right. The answer is Jason Statham. And I'm really curious if he used those aquatic swimming skills when he filmed The Meg, right? So I'm sure everyone's did. favorite Jason Statham movie. All right, we'll move on to question number three. After graduating a junior college in 1971, this NCIS actor had a choice between becoming a starting quarterback for either Oklahoma or UCLA. He chose UCLA and started there between both 72 and 73. We can check in. Pitch Perfect just checked in. Pizza rolls, you can talk it out. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure about this one, because I remember. I think I remember reading somewhere that he played at uh, UCLA for a while, and he's been on NCIS for a long time, so I'm pretty sure it's Mark Harmon. Um, so if you're good with that, Tim. We'll- you got it. Yep. Check in with Mark Harmon. Pizza rolls checking in with the Mark Harmon. What do you guys have? Pitch Perfect. My uh, my late father, rest his soul, uh, was obsessed with NCIS and with Mark Harmon. Uh, my mom used to tease him all the time. And uh, my dad's counter argument would be like, well, he was a really good athlete in the 70s. That's why I like him so much. So uh, <laughs> we checked in with Mark Harmon. 
both teams getting points there. At UCLA, he went two seven and one in nineteen seventy two, and then nine and two in nineteen seventy three. And in his first start against the two time NCAA champion Nebraska Cornhuskers, Mark led the Bruins to a twenty to seven victory as an eighteen point underdog. I like to put that in because my wife is a graduate of the University of Nebraska and <laughs> Cornhuskers. All right, moving on to question number four. At Florida State University in 1954, Burt Reynolds played on the football team as a halfback, and he also roomed with this famed college football broadcaster. Yeah, we're checking. Yep. Pizza rolls are checked in. Pitch perfect. You can talk it out. These questions just keep going backwards in typical Matt fashion. Uh, I've heard this before. Like, I've heard the story. And I can't remember which which one it is. I think it's Lee Corso. The years work out, right? This would have made Lee Corso like born in the 30s, which, you know, sounds about right for him. Uh, we're going to check in with Lee Corso. All right, Pitch Perfect is checking in with Lee Corso. Pizza rolls, what did you guys check in with? Mason, you want to don the headgear and uh, give us the answer? Yeah, not so fast. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> it is Lee Corso. That's right. All right, Lee Corso is the correct answer. Burt Reynolds injured his knee in the in the 1957 season and later lost his spleen and then some other unrelated not to football accident, I believe, which led him to giving up football and taking up acting. He was a pretty decent football player, evidently, so uh, it's a bummer he couldn't make a career out of that, but I think he did pretty well for himself. So, Moving on to question number five. At the age of 44... This Oscar-winning actress took up archery. She became obsessed, and two and a half years of training later, she made it to the semifinals for the Olympics in 2000. But if she made it, she would have had to bring her little sister. We'll check in. All right, Pitch Perfect has checked in. Go ahead, Pizza Rolls, and talk it out. She's 44 in 2000. So she probably won her Oscar in probably the 80s or 90s, maybe? Something like late 80s, early 90s? She picked up archery when she was 44 and then didn't get there for two and a half years. So that puts her being born in 53, 54. And I, I, I'm trying to figure out the little sister part. Like, is it yeah. a famous sister or it's a, like maybe it's a reference to a movie she was in? I mean, just thinking of sisters that are, right, famous. All the ones I think of are older, much, much older. So well, I like your idea. Like you said, like the Olympics were in Australia that year. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe it might be someone like a home Australian actress that has a sister that would be born in nineteen in the mid 1950s. I have no idea. Uh, Mini Driver. I mean, that's one, but she's not that old at that time. Yeah, I mean, she was in Goodwill Hunting and. My, I don't even know if she won an Oscar. I mean, Meryl Streep sounds like she'd be great with the bow now. I mean, just she's dialed so, in. But she's older than. Well, I don't know now because she right now she's. So that would make their this person their sixty four because they were forty four in two thousand. They'd be sixty four. I think Meryl Streep's a little bit older than. That. I mean, that's that's kind of the ballpark we're looking at. But I have no idea. Helen Hunt. I'm good with that. I'd better than what I got. So. All right. Alan Hunt. 
All right. Pizza rules are checking in with Helen Hunt. Pitch Perfect, what did you guys have? JJ, this is all you, dude. Came in with the dynamite drop-in as I'm sitting here trying to think of all the actresses. So go for it, buddy. Oh, it was a team effort. So, uh, yeah, we were thinking – I don't do actresses very well. Um, so I went with a, with a little sister. And then I was like, maybe it's not like a like a real-life sister. Maybe it's like in a movie. Started thinking about movies with sisters. Uh, Oscar winners came up with a league of their own. I said – could it be? And then Scott in all caps said, dude, Gina Davis. So that's what we locked in, checked in with. Yep. The answer is Gina Davis. Cause you know, she had to bring her little sister with her and league of their own. So, all right. Heading into our second half, we have a score update. Pitch perfect has 300 points and we got pizza rolls has 250. All right, we'd now like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a new Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. And if you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other fans can find the podcast. Thank you very much. And now we're on to the second half. Today's third quarter will be David versus Goliath. This round will consist of five pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, each team will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 20 points, and each Goliath is worth 50 points. Number one. David, when the Bruins and Blackhawks last faced off in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Blackhawks won in six games. What year was that? Question number one, Goliath. What goalie was drafted by the Blackhawks in 1983, didn't start playing in the NHL until 1990, and went on to win two Stanley Cups with a different original six team? We can check in. So you got the David and the Goliath. Are you gonna, which one are you going to check in with? Goliath. We got Pizza Rolls is checking in with Goliath. So Pitch Perfect, you folks can check it out. The only goalie that I can think of is Mark Andre Fleury. I don't even think he's like fits the time period. Or well, anything. and he played for he uh, his was his main team like uh, Pittsburgh, right? I think it was. They're they're not original six, right? So I have no idea. Legit, that question. Right? I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't think they are. I feel like they're not. All right. So, JJ, for, so the Blackhawks Bruins, I don't know if like one of the Blackhawks more recent Stanley Cups was against Boston, you know, when they won with the, like, you know, recently with like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze and those guys. All right. So, goalies, right? Drafted in 1983, two Stanley Cups with a different original six team. So maybe one of those Canadian teams are original six, right? Probably. I know Toronto's won the original six, but they didn't win two Stanley Cups after 1983, to my knowledge. So it's going to – all right, so goalie that was like 80s and 90s, right? So we had a goalie's Dean's list before. I'm just going to think of names that were on that list. I won't let Dominic Hasek mess me up out of an answer again, so I'm not. we're not saying him. I feel like we almost have a better shot of uh, picking a year in brain. 
I just don't even know what years they won it. 2011-ish. Did you, like, graduate high school or college around then? No, dude, I'm old. I mean, I don't know. You look pretty young. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I use, like, the um, the L'Oreal because I'm worth it. Yeah, let's just guess out of here. Um, Okay. I I like – why don't we say 2011 because, I don't know, you say, like, the Bruins – you feel like the Bruins were good around the time the Red Sox were, right? I think so, yeah. So 2011 would fit? Yeah, I'd say 2011, 2012. That's around when the Blackhawks started winning. Let's say 2011. 2011? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, we're going to check in with the uh, David question, uh, and our answer is 2011. And uh, pizza rolls, what do you guys have? You checked in with Goliath. What's your answer? I believe that Dominic Hasek actually started with the Hawks and he backed up Eddie Belfour. So we went with Dominic Hasek. Question number one, David, the answer is 2013. And question number one, Goliath, the answer is Dominic Hasek. Poor Scott, you sat there saying Dominic Hasek is not going to kill you or whatever you said again in this question. I thought that was awesome, buddy. I was not going to bring that up, Scott. I just want to know. Uh, up until about a week ago, he was my favorite goalie, and now I have to rethink everything. So, Curtis Joseph, it is. So, although Hasek was drafted uh, 199th overall in 1983, he couldn't come to North America until the Iron Curtain fell in 1989. All right. We'll move on to question number two. David? What Olympic sport requires both a snatch and a clean and jerk? Question number two, Goliath. In Olympic handball, how many players are on the court for each team? All right, we're ready to check in. Okay, pizza rolls are checking in. Go ahead and talk it out. They're pitch perfect. JJ, if you feel 77% sure, then just check in with it. I only said 77 because that's what I think uh, the answer is there for uh, the Goliath. So, yeah, so we'll check in with uh, Goliath for uh, seven. Okay, so Pitch Perfect, you guys are checking in with Goliath. And uh, we got Pizza Rolls. What are you guys checking in with? With the David, with weightlifting. With the David. So, David, question number two is weightlifting. And question number two, Goliath, is seven. Points on both sides there. For weightlifting, men's Olympic weightlifting debuted in 1896 and women's debuted in 2000. For handball, the sport uh, debuted also in 1896 and most recently has been dominated by the French team with two gold medals and a silver over the past decade or two. Question number three, David. Which NL Central team has the longest World Series appearance drought, making their last appearance in the 1970s? Question number three, Goliath. What NL team has the longest NLCS appearance drought, making their last appearance in the early 1990s? All right, we're going we're gonna to check in with the Goliath. All right. Pittsburgh, if perfect, is checking in with Goliath. Pizza rules, you guys can go ahead and talk it out. I mean, we're going to go Goliath here, no doubt, right? So it's between the Reds and the Pirates, we think. 
we think it's all in the NL Central. And I know the bad boys with Norm Charlton and Rob Dibble and those guys. And I believe Pinell took them to the NLCS. And I'm just trying to figure out if it was 89 or 90, because I think it was 90. But we also have the Pirates. And I mean, we, we placed, because Braves Pirates was like 91, 92. Some, one of those two, for sure. I just don't know if they've made it. They haven't really been good since then. So I don't know if there's a year where they kind of. All right. Neither one of them have been good since then. Yeah. I was just thinking because I can, I mean, I think they're, the Pirates were a lot worse in that time period from that, that point on that it's more likely. But, I mean, if you think the Reds were 90 and haven't made it since, you can go for that. I just, I, I don't have a solid ground either one of them other than that Braves Pirate series somewhere in there that I can confirm was 91-92 in that ballpark, which is early 90s. I don't, if The only way it would be to just that the Reds made it 90. All right, let's go Pirates. Okay. All right, we'll uh, check in Goliath with uh, the Pirates. All right, we got Pizza Rolls is checking in Goliath with the Pirates. And Pitch Perfect, you guys were checking in with Goliath. What did you guys have? So it sounds like conversations and the thought processes were exactly the same because we obviously had it narrowed down to the Reds and Pirates and just trying to figure out if the Reds like snuck into one since the Pirates, Braves, NLCS, um, you know, like the Sid Green Pirates teams. The Reds won the World Series in 1990. So obviously they made the NLCS. And then JJ seemed to think that in 95, the Reds made the NLCS against Atlanta, which I couldn't really place. I don't remember that necessarily happening, but I know that Barry Larkin won the MVP in 95. So I know they had a good season and they were still somewhat like, that, that kind of bad boys red squad that Tim was talking about, like it was kind of towards the tail end of that. So maybe they snuck in or maybe they snuck in in like, Oh, seven ish when, you know, with like Joey Votto and Jay Bruce and those guys. So we all checked in with the pirates as well for Goliath. All right. So both teams are checking in Goliath with the pirates, just to let you know, the reds did lose to the Braves in the 1995 NLCS the last time that the Pirates made the NLCS was 1992. So the answer for Goliath is the Pittsburgh Pirates. And making their last appearance in 1979, 40 years ago, the NL Central team with the longest uh, World Series drought is also the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the answer for both of them was Pittsburgh. All right, moving on to question number four. David. Super Bowl 20 featured the New England Patriots versus the Chicago Bears. But what city and stadium did they play that game in? Question number four, Goliath. The game was won by the Bears 46 to 10, but who was the game's MVP? All right, we're going to go ahead and check in. All right, the Pizza Roll boys are checking in. So go ahead, uh, Pitch Perfect, you guys can talk it out. I'm pretty sure David is the Superdome. I mean, if you think that, obviously I'm going to believe you. So, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't born then. I wasn't uh, around, around, so. Yeah, like I said, I've pretty much typed all the names to you of guys I know that were on that team, and none of them won the MVP because that's Goliath, so it's not going to be a layup like Peyton or McMahon or Singletary. 
I think if we ever pulled out a Goliath name, I think we just go ahead and check in with uh, the Superdome in New Orleans. All right. Uh, Pitch Perfect is checking in with the New Orleans Superdome for the David. And Pizza Rolls, you guys checked in with the Goliath. What you guys have for an answer on that? Well, we figured it had to be on the defensive side. You know, we just kind of trying to figure out if it was Dewerson or Singletary or Richard Dent. So we uh, ended up checking in with Richard Dent. Okay. The answer for question for David is the New Orleans Superdome. There was no power outages in 1985. And the answer for question number four, Goliath, is Richard Dent. Dent became the third defensive end in Super Bowl history to be named MVP. Mason, who were the other two? Oh, that's that's, uh, Harvey Martin and Randy White. Bingo. Good job, buddy. (laughs) Question number five, David. The top German soccer league is the Bundesliga. It's existed since 1963, but one team has dominated the league, winning 29 of their 57 championships. What club is that? Question number five, Goliath. That team has the 29 championships. Name either number two, number three, or number four on that list of champions after them. All right, we'll check in. All right. Pizza rolls, you guys can go ahead and talk it out. Yeah, I, I think we should just take the points because, I mean, we can we can come up with German cities and try to come up with names all night long. I don't think it's going to. Yeah, I mean, I know that, like like you said, Dortmund's been good. I mean, but that's recently. I don't know if the bumblebees, the flying bumblebees have been good for how many ever years, you know? So I think we just go, let's just lock in with David. Yeah, that's one of the two that I recognize. I can name off the top of my head was that and Borussia. I, I mean, probably there might be some random German cities, like little small German cities I, that racked up a couple championships yeah. back in the day. I'm I'm good with going with the David. That's fine with me. Uh, we'll check in with uh, Bayern Munich for the David. All right, uh, Pizza Rolls are checking in with Bayern Munich with David. And Pitch Perfect, what did you guys check in with? We checked in with uh, with Dortmund for uh, Goliath. Checked in with Goliath, and you went with Dortmund. The answer for David is Bayern Munich. And the three options for Goliath are Borussia Mönchengladbach, Werner Bremen, and Borussia Dortmund, correct answer for Goliath with Pitch Perfect. After the third quarter, we have a score of Pitch Perfect at 470 points, and we got pizza rolls at 440 points. That'll bring us to the fourth quarter known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each not to exceed their current point total. The categories for today are as follows. Question number one, in the world of MLB, that was fast. Question number two, in the world of the NFL, franchise history. Question number three, in the world of the NHL, need some spell check. Question number four, professional basketball franchise history. And question number five, retired major league baseball numbers all right now that all the wagers are in we'll move on to the questions quarter number four question number one 
under the area of Major League Baseball, that was fast. What MLB expansion franchise was the fastest to win the World Series? We're going to go ahead and check in. Okay. Pitch Perfect is checking in. Go ahead, Pizza Rules, and talk it out. Yeah, I was. Oh, it was on my short sorry. list of teams. I'm just scared that somebody did it in their inaugural, inaugural year. You'd think the Marlins, because you're only talking three years, or I'm sorry, four years. Yeah. 93 to 97. And that was my first, that was my gut answer. Yeah, I had I had them in mind. I was just trying to think of expansion franchises that were good really quickly. And I'm not. I'm just hoping we don't get hosed by somebody that was in, you know, that came in in 1914 <laughs> and they won it that year, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think there's an MLB franchise that won like their first year. I, I don't recall that. Marlins is my best. Yeah, I'm right. I'm good with checking in with that. All right. We'll check in with the Marlins. And the pizza rolls are checking in with the Marlins. And what was your bet? We bet 100 points. Okay. And Pitch Perfect, what did you guys bet? And then what was your answer? Uh, we also bet 100 points. Uh, my first, first thought that came to my head was the Marlins because – uh, it's like the first World Series that I really paid attention to as a kid was in 97 against uh, the baseball team from Cleveland. But then I remembered that the Diamondbacks came into the league in 98, won in 2001. That's only three years. So we checked in with the Arizona Diamondbacks. The answer is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They won their World Series in 2001, just four years into their franchise history. So their fourth full season. The Marlins came in in 93 and won it in 97 in their fifth full season. But does that count because there was a stoppage <laughs> in 94? That season doesn't count. After question number one, the score has dramatically turned. 570 for Pitch Perfect and 340 for uh, Pizza Rolls. Question number two in the area of NFL franchise history. Of the original 14 teams that started the NFL in 1920, only one remains in the league today with the same name that it started with in 1920. What team is that? We're going to check in. Pitch Perfect is going to go ahead and check in. Pizza Rolls, you guys can go ahead and chat it out. So we had a few teams we were throwing around. Lions seem possible. I mean, I, I can't think of when they would have changed their name if they did. Packers is possible, but really obvious. The Lions seem right because, I mean, they wear those god-awful ugly jerseys on Thanksgiving sometimes. Well, so do the Steelers. The Steelers have those ugly Bumblebee jerseys, so maybe, I mean, they could. They were they merged with the Eagles when they were the Steagles. I'm just trying to go through their 14 original teams. I mean, we know it's not the Bears because they were the Decatur Staley's. Right. And it can't be teams that are too far away. I mean, those are just for travel restrictions, you know. It's got to be somewhere. In the Midwest, probably, or the Ish. East Coast. Of yeah, right. Like, I'm trying to go through each division and figure out what team would have been around that long. Right. Like, you can't think of any, anybody from the NFC West. Yeah, it's, I mean, those are all much newer teams. Right. Same for NFC South. It's not going to be any of those. Like I said, NFC North has a lot of older teams in that, which is, you know, an easy place to gravitate to because Packers and Lions – we already eliminated Bears, but I've one of those two have been playing for a long time. Right. We're like, was Cleveland in it? I mean, they're still the same name. I don't know if they were the Cleveland Browns for that. It's just so generic, you know. I just thought that was my other thought. Yeah, I'm good with going with one of the NFC North teams. We can go with Lions just because I feel like Packers is really obvious. Yeah. Especially with Matt hosting. 
or game three and say, I mean, you already asked yeah. Packers question. All right, so you want to go with the Lions? Yeah, that's fine. All right, we'll uh, check in with the Lions. All right, we got Pizza Rolls has checked in with the Detroit Lions, and what was your bet? We bet 100. All right, Pitch Perfect, how much did you guys bet, and what did you check in with? So we were debating about game theory as well, but in the opposite direction, we were between the Bears, because Tim's on, thought he might uh, throw in another Bears question or, or a wheelhouse question for him, but uh, we ended up going with the Cardinals, and we bet 50. Okay, uh, the answer is the Arizona, St. Louis, Chicago Cardinals. The Bears did start off in the 1920 season, but as the Decatur Staley's. And even though they are the oldest franchise in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers did not join the NFL until 1921. There was only two teams in existence in that 1920 collection of teams from the NFL. That was the Chicago Bears and the Arizona Cardinals. We'll go on to question number three. Under the area of NHL spell check, spelling can be tough, but you think you would triple check everything before engraving the Stanley Cup. After winning the 71-72 Stanley Cup, this team was misspelled using two Qs in the spelling of the team. Autocorrect would have helped this. We can check in. All right, Pitch Perfect is checked in. Pizza Rolls, you guys can go ahead and talk it out. I'm 100% on this because I've actually uh, seen a picture of this uh, because instead of the two O's in Boston, they put Q, so it would be Bukusquin Bruins, um, but we'll, we'll check in with the Boston Bruins. All right. We got pizza rolls are checking in with the Bukuskin, uh Bruins <laughs> for how many points? 100. 100 points. And Pitch Perfect, how much did you bet, and what's your answer? Well, it's a hockey question, so we bet a whopping zero. <laughs> no idea. Just trying to think of what might have a Q in it. Uh, So we just checked in with the uh, Nordiques. All right. The answer to the question is the Boston Bruins. Question number four. But before we do that, a score update. Uh, We got pizza rolls is up to 340 points. And Pitch Perfect is at 620. So there's still an opportunity here. Question number four. Under the area of pro basketball franchise history. The ABA started in 1967 with 10 teams. 11 if you count the one that started mid-season. And the league lasted until it was absorbed by the NBA in 1976. Four teams joined the NBA from the ABA, but only one of those four teams was an original ABA member and continues to use the same name and be in the same town as it did in 1967. What team is that? Okay, uh, we'll go ahead and check in. The pizza roll fellas have checked in. Pitch Perfect, you can talk it out. I don't feel entirely confident about any of them. I just threw a bunch in there to kind of see if any of them sparked anything in you. So, yeah, we were talking about Spurs, Pacers. I don't think the Rockets. 76ers could be too. Well, because the Philadelphia Warriors were NBA. Like they had Chamberlain, and then when they moved out west, the 76ers were ABA and then moved on with the – into the NBA? I'm between the Spurs and the Pacers. If I had to guess, just because of the beautiful hat on your head, I'd say the Pacers. Obviously, I like the Pacers. I bought this hat because, like, I'm a Paul George fan. So, like, I bought this a while ago. And I was a Reggie Miller fan, a Danny Granger fan. 
I like I can't even trace back like Pacers lineage very far to be honest with you. Like I have zero knowledge of anything like pre nineteen eighty five Pacers. Like they don't even exist to me. So I can't even tell you like their origin, how they came to be. I'm, yeah, I know they're old. Uh, I have a good friend is a Pacer fan, and so he talks about it. And I usually fall asleep when he talks about it. So sure, I know they're old. I don't think we're gonna get anywhere. So. Um, I mean, the Spurs, like, definitely around that time, I think they're from the ABA. I mean, if you're between those two, I'm more inclined to lean towards the Spurs, but I'm not sure that they were always the San Antonio Spurs. Mm. So, all right, why don't we just – I guess we'll just check in with the Pacers and since I'm wearing the hat. Do it. All right, well, we're checking in with the uh, Indiana Pacers. And for how much? Uh, 100. All right, for 100, you guys checked in with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, pizza rules how much did you bet and what was your answer we don't have very strong in uh, aba knowledge um, i knew one team that was in the aba and i thought they might have been one of the original so we bet 40 points and we went with the san antonio spurs so just as an fyi the san antonio spurs were an original team but they were not the san antonio spurs they were the dallas chaparrals chaparrals and just an FYI, the Rockets were original team, but they were the Denver Rockets. So the answer is Scott's hat, the Indiana Pacers. I thought of this question the moment the Zoom popped up and Scott was wearing the Pacers hat. So the other teams that joined the ABA were the Nets, originally the Americans, the Spurs, originally the Dallas Chaparrals, and the Nuggets, originally the Rockets. So with 100 points, Pitch Perfect jumps up to 720 points, and losing 40 points, Pizza Rolls drops down to 300. And with that, we'll move on to question number five. In the area of retired MLB numbers, in 1997, Major League Baseball retired the number 42 in honor of Jackie Robinson throughout the league. That meant that each team had at least one retired number. Today, there's only one team with just the number 42 retired. What is that team? All right, we'll go ahead and uh, check in. Pizza rolls are checked in. Go ahead and talk it up. Pitch perfect. All right, so we're thinking likely expansion team, right? It's like the Marlins, Tampa. I, believe, I think Arizona probably retired like big units. Yeah, I would assume so. Or Schilling or Luis Gonzalez. I'm thinking some other teams. I'm thinking teams that haven't had a lot of good players. Uh, obviously, like I was thinking San Diego, but we know that they've retired Tony Gwynn, probably Trevor Hoffman by now. Jenny Baker. The Rockies? They haven't had anybody get ever. Um, Larry Walker. I think they might have retired Larry Walker's number. I um, feel pretty yeah. that they did, actually. I mean, he was their franchise cornerstone. NL West, all those teams are going to have retired numbers. NL Central, all those teams should have retired numbers. Mm. All of them, except for the Marlins, I would say definitely do. I think the Marlins retired Jose Fernandez's number after his tragic passing. They could have. I don't see why they wouldn't have. I think they probably I the best pitcher like they, they ever had. Um, <laughs> towards Tampa, because I just can't think of anyone who's like I don't think they were retiring like Aubrey Huff number or Ben Zobris number. Um, I don't think they've yet retired Evan Longoria's number or like Scott Casimir. You know, like other teams, NL Central, you know, White Sox, Tigers, Twins, Royals, 
and then the AL East, except for Tampa. I think it's Tampa. I think that's our best guess. Okay. So basically what we're saying is that Florida teams pretty much suck in baseball. We can agree. I mean, they have two World Series. But no retired numbers? No, I mean, not Tampa. Tampa has no World Series. But I'm, I'm saying as a, as a state, like they have. Yeah, let's, uh, let's check in with uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. And how much did you bet? Uh, we wagered 50. You bet 50 on that one. And pizza rolls, how much did you bet? And what was your answer? Oh, well, we really didn't have much of an idea on this one. We tried to pick a, a newer team. So we bet 100 points, and we went with the Rockies. You bet 100 points, and you went with the Colorado Rockies? The answer is the only team that has no retired numbers, although since his death, Jose Fernandez's number 16 has not been worn, the only retired number by the Miami, Florida Marlins is number 42. So the answer is the Miami and Florida Marlins. So the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. With 200 points, we got pizza rolls. And our clipboard captains of the week, receiving the coveted Doug Peterson Award, is Pitch Perfect with 670 points. Good job, guys. Well done. Well done, James. JJ, thank you for carrying my behind in the third quarter there really made the difference uh gentlemen close game i mean it doesn't seem like it like when you look at the score but it was i mean it was a close game like it's just so much more fun you know when the games are are close throughout all the quarters and it was definitely you know i definitely felt like it was um mason always a, a worthy adversary and tim um you know a lot of fun having you on dude really glad that you came on mason or jj you guys got anything Matt, this was a, a much better game. If I hey, so myself. I concur. Better? Only compared to my last one? Yep. Only because I won. Uh, I don't think I won the last one. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it was a great game. Uh, everybody. Scott and I just made a great team. Tim Mason, you guys did great. All right, Tim. Uh, hey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for always engaging with us and chatting with us and making time after the kids little league game to come on and stay with them with us and after midnight. So you're awesome, buddy. I really appreciate your time tonight. I appreciate it, boys. Uh, I'm always on the bench. Just call my number. I'm ready to play. Let me know. All right. Thanks for listening to the bench warmers trivia podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep stretch, stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yeah. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP. The reason I love this list is because it's not something you can easily Google. This is this one takes it took me a long time to put together. Yeah, we don't and we we don't Google our answers or anything. We're we. I know you don't, but I just if, if, that, just in case any listeners think that you know the game <laughs> or anything, I'm just putting it out there.
We'll just cut this out anyway. Yeah. So, that's true. <laughs> Matt, please cut this. This is. I know this is extremely ribbed. <laughs>